Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast was created to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and remember who you are, light and love. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Again, that's heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 369. Today, you're going to learn how to remove your money blocks and upgrade your money mindset. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Jennifer Bloom. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? So I am here in Minnesota. I am just south of Minneapolis, St. Paul, and I am a soul abundance guide. What I do, the heart of what I do is help people to reawaken and heal their soul money relationship. Which, well, and we've already been talking for a bit already, and who doesn't like talking about money? I think (laughs) the majority of people want more of it. So what I really want to deep dive today are what are those blocks that are keeping us in a situation of not the full abundance that we're entitled to, because we're part of the divine, we're part of higher consciousness. It's God, whoever living through us wanting to express. And I've always believed in in a message I got when I did ayahuasca, like a year and a half ago, is that all limitations are self-imposed. Yes. So please give us a little background. You went through bankruptcy to discover all of this. I did. I did. You know, I, isn't it interesting how we don't always listen? (laughs) Um, I mean, the universe was really trying hard to get my attention um, around, around money and around these other uh, issues. And so I started a business in 2001. And in the same year that I started my business, my husband was unemployed. And we did this dance together of starting the new business, unemployed, where was the money going to come from? I um, had three young children at the time. And it just, you know, it just, it, it was, it was a challenge. It was a real challenge. And we ended up with surgeries that were done without insurance, all of that. So you could kind of look and say, well, these are the act, these are the, the pillars. These are the reasons why I went through bankruptcy. But after I went through bankruptcy, what I realized was it had nothing to do with any of that. What it had to do with was when I started my business, I was feeling very self-conscious about being this person who was offering a service. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to have enough, I wanted clients to come to me to prove that what I was offering was, was good and worthy. So I was really quiet. I didn't market very much. Well, what happens when you do that? (laughs) You don't get any clients. Right. Right. So, well, and I I had some and it was an okay, it was okay business, but it was not enough to support us as a family. So what I really took from that was I was trying to prove my worth through my work. I was trying to prove that I was good enough based on the money that was in the bank account. And that's just not how the equation works at all. So as I became aware of that, I started to ask questions like, okay, so if my worth doesn't come from my money, where does it come from? If my worth doesn't come through creating transformation for other people, 
where does it come from? And that led me to this really deep understanding of soul. And that led me then to learn really what money is all about. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, I want to offer you some additional resources. Check out my website, heatherhakes.com and take the free life assessment. This is a great tool to take inventory in life where you're feeling in alignment and abundant and where you're simply feeling stuck, stressed out, or as someone recently emailed me, completely ruining their life. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. Again, check out my website, heatherhakes.com and click on course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one coaching. I will teach you what has taken me years and tens of thousands of dollars to learn in which you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free strategy call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now back to regular programming. Okay, so two questions. I want to know more about this soul idea. But what I hear you saying is, and I, I think it's a societal conditioning that we are expecting or seeking external things to validate us. So an external condition, a relationship, money, fame, working up the corporate ladder, if we achieve these things, then we will feel in love, worthy, abundant, whatever. But it's actually flipped. When we feel worthy, in love, abundant, then the external reflects that internal perspective. Exactly. Uh You know, I I think, you know, society sort of says to us, well, you come to the planet and you're this empty container and you need to prove Mm. that you're worthy. You need to earn Mm. that worthiness. And there are a lot of conspiracy theories that we get into as to why that happened. I'm not really a conspiracy theorist kind of a person that I just, that's, that's how we've, that's the game that we've all been playing, particularly around money. Yeah. And so we end up, it's like, we're we're like, we're one giant hole and we're trying to fill that hole with whatever we can, whether it's money or that trip up the corporate ladder or whether it's a having children or whether, you know, whatever it is that we want to have. And the, the, the real truth is, is that because I am a soul, because I am a drop of the divine, I'm already worthy. I'm full. Yeah. I'm whole. I'm, it doesn't matter. I could be, I, I mean, this is a terrible example, but I could be a murderer and still be whole. And maybe that's a challenging thought for a lot of people, right? But when we are chasing something to try to fill up what's in, to fill up that hole inside, it's going to be a continual chase. And that's what I was doing with my money, which Mm -hmm. is why, and you know, so then the universe gifted me the experience of the bankruptcy so that I could learn to stop the chase, stop the chase. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that's what I want to highlight is before anybody else needs to experience a bankruptcy or massive amounts of debt. I mean, I personally know someone who got herself into also a small business owner. I think she's like 36 grand in debt. And she has that constant weight and guilt every day. And it's like, how do you climb out of that? And I know she could quickly, but it's a, it's an extreme paradigm shift. So how did you go from where you were 
bankruptcy, not enough money, feeling unworthy to the flip side. Mm-hmm. Well, it, for me, it actually came through a tool called soul language. So soul language is a paradigm that says that there are 107 different voices of soul. And when we come to the planet, we bring three of those voices, three of those languages with us. So it's a way to put tangibility to soul. Once I found that particular paradigm and a number of lots of reading and lots of other places, right? But what is really cool about this particular tool is that it's not just archetypes. These aren't just names. These are literally literal conscious breathing aspects of the divine. We can have conversation with them. So I discovered this beautiful tool that Jennifer Rizzio is the founder of, and it allowed me to start to see myself in a brand new way. And what's really funny, and it's not really funny, but it's my, so the, there's three, three of the language. So you have your, there's three categories. So you have a mission language, you have a skills and tools language, and then you have a soulful personality. My soulful personality is called capitalist. Haha, ha, right? So who knew? But what's what capitalist and it's, it's not about being a capitalist in, in like what society thinks of it. Capitalists understand that we carry inner capital with us and we can turn that capital into anything that we want. What was I doing? I was disconnected. I didn't understand who I was. I was disconnected from that part of me. And when that happens, yeah. what there's lack. So what when I discovered that it was just this huge awakening, like, oh, all I'm doing here is being really disconnected from who I am at that soul level. And once I understood that, I was able to much more confidently step into creating around my business. I was able to much more confidently look at you know my husband and my family and say, okay, we need new ways of thinking here. We, we can bring money in in amazing ways. And, and it did. It happened in so many, you know, from the dentist who gave us free services to money coming from sources we could never have imagined. Things started flowing in brand new ways to refill the coffers, so to speak, and move me in a direction of beginning to teach about what I had learned. So a word I highlighted that you said is disconnection. And I feel, I really felt that. And so I feel like the listeners will understand that too. I think most of us are so disconnected from our internal self. And I love the the meme. I saw it maybe on Instagram or something. It's like how funny for what humans are truly seeking. They're looking all outside of them, but actually the key, what they're seeking is already within but, and it's like, you, you can go for years and decades, right? Being disconnected, seeking external validation, all these things, if you would just go within, connect. And a, a great tool for that is meditation. I think journaling is another great way. How did you reconnect? Nature. That's my, mm-hmm. that is my mm-hmm. big thing. I, whenever I am out in nature, right? The abundance is, how can you, how can you miss it? Right. And again, up here, we've got an abundance of seasons, (laughs) we have an abundance of snow, but then you you give snow, you have ice, you have all of these amazing, beautiful formations. So what that allowed me to do was a couple of things. One of which was to just literally surround myself 
in abundance. It gave me a way to physically feel something that I couldn't feel from my bank accounts yet. And when mm. I'm, I'm out there and I'm connecting and I'm pausing and I'm connecting inward, I could really hear, feel, sense that I was part of something bigger. And I was, I was raised without any kind of religion. And I think I went to Sunday school for a year and I sang in the choir, you know, long enough to sort of get the God is this old white man with long beard who's judgmental plugged into me. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. But um, I had never felt that before. I, I'm sure I had glimpses of it here and there, perhaps when my children were born, that kind of thing, but I wouldn't have ever been able to explain it. Right. So yeah, for me, it's that, it's that connection with, with, um, with nature and being out in it and feeling it. Well, and I completely resonate with that as well. I live in Colorado. This is where I'm from. I'm within a few other States, but for me, there's something about the mountains, the smell mm. of the pine, I love snowboarding and just gliding. I feel joy, peace, ease, and this flow. And so what I want to offer for the listeners, you have that thing, whatever brings you joy, flow, ease. It could be dancing, cooking. A lot of times it it comes from creativity and artists or woodworking, whatever it may be. But I just highly suggest do more of that to connect to the flow and the ease of life. Right. And there were days, um, you know, at, at, at that time, my business wasn't big. So I would have hours. I would literally spend three hours just sort of wandering the banks of the Mississippi. Mm. And that, and I had to, I had to get to that space where I could allow that feeling of flow to return. Because let me tell you, I had a lot of judgment around having gone through a bankruptcy there, you know, there are a lot of people who would shake their finger at me around, you know, taking that particular out. And I had a lot of shame. And the thing that I've learned so deeply is that you can't create a shame. You can't create something new when you're, when you're in that space of shame. So I had to be in that space of flow long enough again, to be able to say, okay, not only am I releasing that shame and that guilt, I'm rediscovering, I'm, I have found my own sense of worth and I have a connection that I can lean on in a really strong way through my languages. Can we share, you told me that um, money is relational, not transactional. And so maybe let's kind of talk about societal's conditioning and programming around money that you have to work for it. You have to earn it. It's hard to come by. You know, everybody has their stories that they came from. Yes, absolutely. So most of us, when we think about money, think about the transactional nature of it, meaning I, I work a certain number of hours or I want bananas at the grocery store. So I have to give them a little bit of resource. And there's nothing wrong with that. That That's actually a, a piece of the puzzle. There's that transactional piece. But we tend to think that that's where money, that that's how we generate money. And there are all of these hard and fast rules about, you know, no pain, no gain, um, work your fingers to the bone, um, you know, all of these phrases that are are running around. And yes, this is my favorite. Uh, You got to hustle and grind. You got to struggle is the way. And it's like. Who the fuck thought that was a good idea? The people who thought that was a good idea were the people who who earned from that, right? If all yeah. the people underneath are hustling mm-hmm. and grinding, and I'm t- and I'm and I'm receiving from that, 
then it behooves me for that to continue, right? Conspiracy yeah. theory, right? But, you yeah. know, and, and again, does it, does it matter where it came from? I, I don't think so. Except for we just get, we get to really realize, wait a minute, that's one game of money. That's, that's, that's what we all think we know. We're playing Monopoly, whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. But that's not the full story. Money mm-hmm. is actually relational at its core. And what I mean by that is that the divine is the, is the ultimate source of all money. And we receive that money through our relationship with the divine. So we have what I call a soul money relationship, which includes us. It, it, us as the individual, it includes the divine and it includes money, the actual energy of money. And as we clean up our understanding of each of those players at the table, so to speak, that's when we start to have a really steady, easy flow with money. Wait, how do you do that? What's the <laughs> formula? Give me the golden nugget, right? Well, so part of it is because, so part of it is, is asking the question, all right, so I'm at the table. I am the only one with free will. The divine is going to do whatever I ask it to do and money's going to follow along. So the question is, why am I not asking or why am I making it hard to receive money should flow to me because I'm asking for it. And if it isn't, I have some sort of underlying belief that's stopping that particular flow because the divine says, you want to hustle and grind? Sure. Right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, exactly. I, I can meter it out with a, with an eyedropper. That's fine. You know, so, um, so part, so I think that, so the, the very first step to take is knowing you're the one who's in control because we've been conditioned to believe that money is the one in control. Mm-hmm. I have to prove, I have to earn, I have to blah, 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 blah. And then money will be blessed. Then I'll be blessed with money. Or I have to prove myself to the divine. The divine doesn't care. It's just going to do what you ask. Now, I think something that's really important to mention here is that, you know, there's a lot of talk about manifestation and creation versus, um, you know, all of sort of the systems of oppression that have been layered in and privilege and all of that. And so I just want to say that those are part of the equation, right? We have a set of beliefs based on the experiences we've had, the experience our parents have had, our grandparents, however many generations back it goes. And so when you have some of those internalized beliefs that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, or it doesn't matter what I do, it's all going to get taken away. It doesn't matter what I do, they're always going to hold me back. Whatever that is, those are all pieces that are going into your specific relationship with money and need to get addressed. Okay. So what I just wrote down, cause you've said it many times and I keep hearing it in my head. I'm like, all right, I'll say it. <laughs> the big word here is our beliefs. And something I talk about often is a thought cycle. And that is our thoughts create our emotions. And then again, beliefs are just thoughts you keep thinking, but thoughts create an emotions. Those lead to the actions or inactions we take and ultimately our results in life. So if we're sitting in bankruptcy or debt or lack or not enough backtrack to our thoughts, but even I think further would be those beliefs. And so I think this is a lot of becoming self-aware 
right? right. You have to ask the questions. You, you do have to ask the questions. And the reality is these beliefs come in early and they come in hard. Mm-hmm. Before the age of seven, our subconscious is wide open. We take in anything, and that includes the pre, you know, being in utero and experiencing emotions from our mother. Mm-hmm. It, it includes everything that's coming down that maternal, you know, matrilineal DNA line. Um, so we, so again, before seven, subconscious is wide open. Anything that we hear, we take on as truth. And the thing that is funny about our brains is that it wants to follow the truth. So even if that, so let's say I learned that money destroys relationships. Let's say that I had parents who fought all the time and it was always over money and they get divorced. Not my story, but it's, you know, it is a, it's a, it's a common story. So I learned that. And then what I want is I, you know, consciously I want to be married and consciously I want to have this really great bank account, but I'm so here I am, I'm going to step into marriage, but my brain's going danger danger, danger, you can't have both. So either I destroy the money side or I destroy the relationship side because mm-hmm. my brain is saying that you can't have both. So we do, we have to get really self-aware. We have to start asking questions and then we're able to rewrite those beliefs so that we can have what we consciously are asking for. This is also what I, I, I love little easy gimmicks or memes, you know, but mm-hmm. this is pull the weeds and plant new seeds. Right. Cause I, I, I do believe and many of many out there say it, that our mind is our garden and literally whatever thoughts we think are seeds being planted, it doesn't care. It's not deciphering, you know, right. the subconscious. And so if you want, go back to the results, if you want a different reality, money or any relation part of life, you got to plant new seeds. And so is this as easy as becoming aware and thinking new thoughts? Is it that easy? It's easy, but it's not necessarily simple. Or yeah. is it sim- it's simple, not necessarily easy. I guess that would be the way I would say it. Okay. Right. It, it, it is. It, it is. We, that, that's all that it really takes. And at the same time, we have to have some sort of a system to allow ourselves to bring in and hold those new beliefs long enough that they become part of our, our, our lexicon. You know, right. I, I, right. There's all kinds of energy medicine tools um, that, that you can lean on to do that. EFT is the one that, that I tend to do so that mm. it, right. It just makes it that much easier to be able to bring that belief into being. So something I relate to often dealing with mindset is you got to work it out just like a muscle. You got to do the daily reps. This is daily disciplines. And I think an easy one, have you had experience or do you do affirmations? Yes. Napoleon Hill calls them auto suggestions, right? But that's a re that's a conscious reprogramming. You say it enough, it's going to change. Right. And I think that, you know, we, there's a couple of caveats for me with affirmations. Um, The first is, and this is part Mm of my daily routine. The first thing I do is to do something that creates joy because I want what I'm saying to be in that same vibratory level as divinity, right? So love, joy, all of that. I get up there. And then that's when I start, you know, I might be using affirmations, um, and I'm careful because as soon as they start feeling not so good, that's when I stop because you can, you can repeat it a thousand times, but if every time you say it, your body goes, no, no, all you're doing is deepening the groove of the old yeah. pattern. Right. 
Okay. So what, what I understand you saying, and yeah, you're right. If you're just saying the thing, but you're not backing it with emotion. So that's the whole, uh, in a manifest manifesting equation, I talk about our thoughts are the energy putting it out, but your feelings and energy is the emotion bringing it back to you. So you can't just say I'm healthy, health, I'm, I'm wealthy, 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 but you feel poor. Right. You've got to think, speak, and act as if. So you're right. It wasn't just one part. Right. Right. But, but again, affirmations can be a lovely tool. I mean, that, that's one thing that, yeah. that, that can be helpful. And, but I think that, and, and, and again, where I start to, what, the other piece that I think is really important here is when we come from that foundation of understanding ourselves as soul and divinity, because when we're, when we're just, in quotes, doing the mind work and we leave out that soul piece, it just makes it harder, I think. So would you consider, because a lot of times I talk about a trifecta, mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. Can you interchange spirit with soul there? So that way you're getting your mind, body. So you're getting that trifecta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's just, it's an important, it's an important part. And I think that it also allows us to be able to start to separate because as we grow up, we have goals and visions and dreams and they don't always last. Yeah. Right. And so the more that we can connect at that deeper level, at the heart level, at the soul level, we get to stop and say, all right, when I was a little girl, I wanted X, Y, Z. When I was a little boy, I wanted X, Y, Z. What do I want today? And give yourself permission to let go of whatever it is that, you know, is no longer making your heart sing and, and stepping into something, you know, the older I get, the more I want money for experiences, right? I do want that house on a body of water, but I, I want, I want experiences and I want to do them with my family. That's what I want money for. Uh, in earlier years, there would have been a different answer to that question. And okay. so I just going to say, it's a perfect yeah. segue for something we talked about before recording is this you know, we do, we all have desires and yearning, but the dip, not yearning, don't, no, we'll remove that, but we all have desires. And so you helped me to better understand a difference between an ego desire, which would be yearning. I really want whatever, because you feel lack versus having a desire because it's connection and it feels good. So maybe could you discuss that further? Sure, absolutely. Because I think as people start playing in the spiritual realm, you start to hear, oh, is it an ego desire or is it a spirit or is it your soul's desire? And ego meaning bad, soul meaning good. And the first thing I'm going to say is we're going to drop whether it's good or bad. However, an ego driven desire does tend to be something where you are feeling the lack of something. So I, I really want X, you know, I want a seven figure business. Let's let, you know, that's so popular, right? I need, I need a seven figure business. I need a seven figure business. Otherwise I'm not a real business owner. That to me is an ego driven desire. Mm. Um, and it's coming from this place of need and want and lack or I could and and that's going to be hard to manifest because you're in those lower energies of yearning but let's take flip the coin and say okay why do I want a seven-figure business okay well I want a seven-figure business because that's going to tell me that I have impacted at least a million people on this planet Ooh, 
that feels really interesting. Okay, so now I, I, I really want my message out there and, and changing lives. Okay, that's closer, right? There's a lot of clarity to that. There's some connection there. And it is a, it's, it, there's a fullness and a richness to that as opposed to this ego desire, which is more yearning and lack. It's a lot easier to be in that vibratory state to work with the universe when I'm in that much more heart-centered, spirit-centered place. So I can really relate to that because I'm at the point, I'm like, I want the next tier in my business. But if I'm coming from, I want the next tier, I want, uh, for easy numbers, a six-figure business to what, validate myself? Or I want that next tier so I can hire on an admin, so I can have a team, so we can create better products, better content, and I, I can do what I love while employing other people like that feels good to me mm-hmm. so that's a total difference yeah completely different isn't it yeah 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 and I think that we get so a really simple way to say that is all right I want what I want but and why is a good question is it filling a hole somewhere mm-hmm. if it's filling a hole ego driven <laughs> if it's more expansive mm-hmm. much more soul-led I like that. Expansive is the word mm-hmm. versus feeling a whole. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, I want to excite people about money. So what advice do you want to give or like a three-step process to help shift their mindset, shift the paradigm so they can become excited about money. That money is their friend. They want money around. They to have this whole new dialogue and excitement and high vibe energy so they can be in that flow state. Yeah. So first of all, whatever's happening, and this is an Abe thing, and I just absolutely love the first thing is everything around you is old news, right? Whatever, whatever's in that bank account, whatever's there, that's thoughts from yesterday. You get to just, you get to push that away. Divinity, um, money is your birthright. Having whatever abundant level you want is your birthright. Anything less is what you can and you can have it at whatever level it doesn't mean you need to have a certain amount but money is part of your birthright you deserve whatever you want and you come whole and complete you can have it you can have it now it's a matter of of asking and allowing yourself to open up and receive it yes i love that that's and see that excites me and so when something feels good and it's like okay now take the inspired action because i'm feeling good now go send that marketing email because I'm feeling good, not out of obligation, hoping to get something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So from our conversation today, what is one key takeaway you want listeners to get regarding money? I really want people to hear and begin to separate the resource of money from what you've learned about money. To be able to say, you know, any of that money is dirty, money is bad, money is going to turn me into this terrible person, anything, right? To be able to start to clean that off and let money just be this shining, beautiful light. Because that's what it is. It's, it's, it's divinity, right? It's light. Wait, wait, you have to say how you shared it with me that think about money because we're talking about resources, right? So we live on earth. We live on a planet full of resources, right? Just it money is, is a, it can be the same resource as oxygen or sunlight. Yeah. And easy, nobody, easy. 
nobody's sitting there going, oh my gosh, I don't think there's enough oxygen. I can't have this next breath. Nobody's saying that. Oh, it's been too sunny. I I need to come in my house and close all the blinds, right? I'm not worthy of that sunlight. Nope. Absolutely not. We soak it up whenever we want. And wrote, right? Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so I'd love to ask you a few rapid fire questions to wrap up the interview. You bet. First one, what is a quote or motto that you live by? We are all one. Um, and, and that's not that is that that's not lip service. I truly believe that we are all connected. Mm-hmm. And how I treat others is I'm going to do that how I want to be treated. And I'm going to briefly summarize, but the famous infamous Marianne Williamson quote is, you know, that we are powerful beyond measure and you dimming your light is not in the service of anyone else. So stand up, show up and take that money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? So I, let's see. So uh, there's, so I have two books, um, one of which is I am reading This Tender Land, um, really beautiful book by a Minnesota author, um, lovely, and I got, I just recently got from Amazon a book called Relax Into Wealth, I'd never heard of it before, um, very easy, very short chapters, very much this idea that we should really be able to receive with ease, that, mm-hmm. that it really, we're not meant to struggle. Um, so that's my, that's my other book that I'm marking, working my way through. That was relax into relax wealth. Relax into wealth. Mm-hmm. I like it. Cohen, Cohen, I, yeah. Alan Cohen, I believe is, is the author. What? I love Alan. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'll have to check that out, but yeah. Relax. How fun is that? Right? Like go, I know. Down, go down the lazy river of all the moolah. <laughs> there you fun. go. Okay. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Uh-huh uh show up and be willing to be seen Mm. you have something worth sharing show up i love that what a great note to end on jennifer thank you so much for joining me today thank you so much for this time it was wonderful thank you thanks for tuning into today's episode don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your friends I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.